0: We're glad you're joining us here at Common Thread Online. This is a recording of our community gathering as we do each week to think together about the spiritual journey. At the end of the lesson, we open the floor for discussion, but we'd love to hear what you're thinking as well. On our website, our directions to download our app. Once you have it, join the group, What Are You Thinking? We'd love to connect with you there. And Carol... Carol just be brazen just anybody who comes in just walk them down because we got chairs up near the front because they're not gonna want to walk up in front you know just just be brazen (laughs) so here's what we've been being we've been being a lab where we have run dozens and dozens of experiments trying to figure dozens and dozens of things out our approach has been to find some part of religion that has a heritage the thing that it's the if if something has a heritage that means that at some point along the way it had meaning for human beings it's not working now So we've got something that has a heritage that is not working now, how we talk about God, for example, how we pray, how we practice authority, how we think about truth. If we don't think of truth as absolute, how we think about Jesus, how we think about the afterlife, we find something that has a heritage, but isn't working. But instead of rejecting it, what we've done through these years is dig into it, strip it down to the nub, try and find the kernel of good that is at the center that made the thing become a thing in the first place then after we found the good at the center we started to try stuff and we would try this thing and we would try that thing and we would try some other thing and then we would watch as we tried for the life and for the vitality and then once we saw something that had life and vitality in it we would pursue that kind of like an amoeba that just goes away from the light and goes to our but what we've been doing is stumbling our way forward finding then after we had done that we would do the whole thing all over again So we have been trialing and erroring our way into healthy religious organization, looking for a prototype. We're doing that right now with church music. We are trialing and erroring our way forward. Church music has become a huge problem for religious folks. Instead of being a vehicle that carries spiritual values to the culture, it has become a vehicle that imports cultural values into religion. So, a year ago, we put music into the lab. We're trying stuff. We're going to try and restore community making through music making. We're going to figure out how to do that in a society that is so saturated in performance music that we have lost the collective skills of music making, communal music making. that's what we've done. This kind of thing, in lots and lots of different areas for lots of years, not a church, but a lab trying to figure out church. We try stuff and then we watch. And some of the stuff goes great. And some of the stuff crashes spectacularly. (laughs) And by the way, thank you for those who noted on the survey that your perception is that our music experiments are crashing spectacularly. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, doing this process, we have figured out a lot. So much that we are ready to become, getting ready to put into place Taking what we know, creating systems that work without Doug in the mix, and organizing around those systems, and what that is called, is a church. (laughs) An organized way to gather and support one another on our spiritual journeys. Now, I hope that we will always have a lab on the side. We'll always be figuring things out but our shift to church that started about a year ago has been going very, very well. We have done a truckload of work and it is going really well. That's another reason for my 95% confidence. The other thing that we've been doing is getting input from us. That last part from lab to church, that was me leading our community in a direction I am pretty convinced we need to go. But what do we want Common Thread to be in 20 years or next year or the year after that? What do we collectively think needs to stay the same? And what do we collectively think needs to change? So here's what you all said. I don't think you'll be able to read it, but I'll just give you some highlights. I was so grateful reading the things that you wrote At the end, you'll get a QR code and you'll be able to go and read everything that was posted. You can read that uh, to any degree you'd like. We asked you to be very thoughtful in your responses and you were very, very thoughtful in your responses. You said things like, We need to stay a church that doesn't require cognitive dissonance in order to belong. We need to stay a church that transforms our thinking as well as our living. We need to stay a church that welcomes children regardless of who they are becoming as they grow up. We need to keep sin is less of a deal and love is more of a deal. We need to keep being a safe place to question belief, a place where we can become whole, a place organized around seeking, not dogma, authentic friendships, uh, real, maybe a little bit raw, a place to work the circle that profoundly impacts our lives. I was really encouraged reading what you all wrote. When I started Common Thread, it was NRCC back then. Uh, I started it not knowing what was wrong with church, but I knew there was something wrong. Consequently, I didn't know what to do, because if I did all the things that I knew to do to start a church, and I had a book, if I did all those things, there was a very good chance I was going to get a church that already had, i had already seen was having problems moving into the early stages of the illness that we all now see. So I just had this vague idea, I should not do that or that or that, but not a sense of what we should do. So I decided to approach building common thread this way. I'm going to build a church that I would like to go to. And that's what i did that was about all i had in terms of direction so when i read what you all wrote it turns out that's the church i want to go to (laughs) and so i was deeply deeply moved so now uh, we have to start thinking about what happens next now we have to start thinking about this thing that has happened that is beautiful how do we give it to our kids How do we give it to people that we don't know yet? So you had some um, input on that too. Uh, So where are the readers? Readers, come on up. Uh, You guys just kind of stand up there, get ready. (coughs) You weighed in on the things that you think we need to make sure we pay attention to. And here's what you said about how. How do we get from here to there, and how do we do these things well? First, that we would transition leadership well, keep our Sunday services healthy and helpful, keep developing our youth program, keep strengthening our connections with one another, and reach out to others. Folks from the steering team are going to read some synthesis paragraphs, trying to put together all the things that you wrote, and uh, Morgan, you go first. Here, let's do it this way.
1: Kay. It's important. It's on. Okay. It's important we are skillful moving Doug out of the administration role into a mentoring spiritual coaching role. Let's call him founding minister.
0: Ooh, that works.
1: <laughs> We also need to support our emerging leaders, ministerial and operational, so they keep us healthy and thriving. Our church won't survive if we don't do this well.
0: Excellent. Shelby?
1: It also matters very much to us that our Sunday services um, continue to be meaningful, welcoming, and a gathering hub for our community. This weekly rhythm has been the heart of our life together. It feeds us as individuals, and it bonds us as a community.
0: Excellent. Carol?
1: It matters very much to us that we build a robust youth program because not only are our our children our future, they are also very much present. We love them and we owe them our best.
0: Excellent. Shelby again?
1: Me again. Um, It matters very much that we continue to build community and nurture our relationships with one another. It's important that we keep creating spaces where we spend time together in a social, personal, and deeply bonding spiritual friendship context. This is how we grow together in love.
0: Excellent. Morgan again.
1: It matters very much to us that we find our way ways to meaningfully engage with the greater Raleigh community and beyond. We are called to share the divine light within us, beyond us, We are called to make the world a better place.
0: Excellent, Heather.
1: What are our top two priorities? 92% of us say supporting ministers and staff. 78% of us say budgeting to plan for growth. Still you cannot see that back one. Yeah, it's there. How do we make what we want happen? By overwhelming consensus on the survey, we need to support our emerging leaders. They will be the ones guiding us into our future. We need to make sure we have the finances and the communal support they will need as they are preparing to lead us. There is no other way.
0: Excellent. Let me give you three other reasons why my confidence has shifted from 40% to 95%. The first thing, religion is getting worse. Uh, Recently, a large swath of traditional American Christianity has doubled down on a way of thinking that fundamentally perverts the foundation of our tradition, fundamentally perverts the teachings of Jesus. Now, the good news is uh, that kind of flat-out distortion Is unsustainable. It will fail. It will crumble under its own weight. Pray God it happens soon. There's a good chance it won't happen soon. The greatest American sermon ever preached, that's a matter of opinion. However difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, truth crushed to earth will rise again. No lie can live forever. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Our religion is in a bad, bad place right now. But tomorrow's coming. And when it gets here, we have worked out one path forward. I'm hopeful because I know how much the world needs what we have worked out together. That's the second reason for my 95% confidence. We did find what we found in the lab over these years. We know what works not the final version, but we have a working prototype of what healthy religion can be. We know how religion does change human beings and make us better people. We know how healthy religion helps us be people who make a better world around us. We also know when some part of religion doesn't work, we know how to find out what does. We know how to begin to make changes. So. Our community meeting here on Ridge Road, we cannot offer what we have to 500 people. That would overwhelm us. It would change the dynamic that makes this work for us. So. The Founders Trap document when uh, one of the things that you would have seen if you you could have read it was that when my role here in the community changes and I do different things here, one of the extra things that I want to do is help other ministers, mentor them into being able to do what we have done, because I think that is a significant contribution that we have to make. So again, we can't offer what we have to 500 people, but I think we could offer it to 300. Maybe if we added another service on Saturday or Sunday night, uh, if it was distinct enough and connected to each other enough, we might be able to offer it to 400. Maybe or maybe not. I'm not sure. But I think we have an obligation to give away what we have. Congregations are dying right, left, and center. The mega church and closing church phenomenon that's going on in our nation, it follows the exact curve of a dying industry. It's the same curve that was followed by horse and buggy makers after the rise of the automobile. It's what happens when an industry is dying and the American church is dying. But human beings are spiritual and human beings are communal and we will eventually find our way back, back to spiritual and back to communal and back to non-toxic. And we have something to give when that moment comes. The third reason that I am 95% confident is that we have people, we have great people. We have people who love our community the way I love it, people who have absorbed and are absorbing what we have learned in the lab. People fiercely committed to making sure there is a future for Common Thread. This is our steering and our Sunday teams. Uh, I told you a few weeks ago about being in a fatigue funk. Uh, On a Zoom meeting with these people, we went around the circle, and they talked about what they're doing in our community and why they're doing it. And by the end, I was not in a funk. I was still tired, but not in a funk. They spend hours and hours and hours creating welcoming spaces. Check out the hallway when you walk down. <laughs> they spend hours creating fun and vitality, love and acceptance for our children. We communicate better than any church our size has any business communicating. They organize us to volunteer in all kinds of circle-creating spaces. They ask after us. They ask after our souls. They ask after our well-being. Just getting ready for today, uh, Kate, there she is, protecting our data. Somebody trying to get access to our database so that they can spam us. And she's guarding that, and this group is guarding our values with the same vigor that I do. Our two ordnance are working out way better than I thought it was going to work out. (laughs) Looks like we are going to have that second half of the ceremony sometime in 2024. Uh, (laughs) 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 Both of them are just... Both of them are sucking up our values. Both of them are rapidly developing ministry skills. Both are integrating what they learn here with extensive previous experience. Headmaster in a school, running a business, teaching uh, for 20 years, designing statewide curriculum. Gifted people, these, working tirelessly, fiercely, protecting our values. We've got people. <clears throat> In a moment, I'm going to show you what our new finance report is going to look like. Yeah, you were supposed to have gotten it two weeks ago. It turned out to be a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be. And what you're going to see is you're going to see stipends on that finance report. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Most everybody who serves in our community is a volunteer. I am the only employee. A typical church our size has two employees, has a minister and an administrator. Uh, What we did instead was we broke the administrator's salary up into several small stipends. They are, thank you for being an Uber volunteer kinds of stipends. They're less compensating people for the work they do than saying thank you for above and beyond volunteering. Thank you for showing up consistently. Thank you for showing up and creating a consistent experience for our community and showing up on the days when you don't feel like it because volunteers don't always do that. So we don't even come close with our thank you stipends to paying people what they are worth. You, you do pay me and you pay me a good salary Uh, So, working on the budget this last few weeks, I showed Julie an early draft. And when she saw it, she felt bad. She felt bad, and then I felt bad because she felt bad. (laughs) And she told me, you should give my stipend to others. Julie started her role in the years before the pandemic, so her stipend is based on our budget then. That said, divide her her stipend by the average number of hours that she gives to us in our community. We don't do that. But if we were to do that, it would work out to be about $11 an hour, which given her experience is about a third of what she could uh, get. One of the people she wanted to give her stipend to was Sue because Sue's stipend started after the pandemic in that budget time. Consequently, divide it by the number of hours that she gives to our community works out to be about 87 cents an hour. (laughs) So Julie felt bad. (laughs) And Heather gives hours and hours and hours as an unpaid intern, (laughs) which has been fine because pandemic, which has been fine because volunteering. But here's the thing that we are going to have to think about going forward. We will always run financially lean. It's kind of a core value for us because we don't want to put money pressure into the system. It's why we work so hard to share space, spend 18 months looking for a place to share space as opposed to buying our own space because pressure kills community. And we want to keep the financial pressure as low as we can. But we do have to think about people's time. Some folks in our community give very close to full-time time, which is time they do not spend paying for groceries and for rent. Sometimes, given their family arrangement, they can do that, and they can do it completely as a volunteer, but sometimes they can't. When I do send out the budget report, hopefully this week, really, honestly, pray to God, it's going to look like this. Uh, this is, these, those, are first, those are first draft numbers. Um, Hard to see from where you are, but um, the numbers are probably going to change, but they're not going to change by very much. Those numbers are pretty close. After we get some more data into the budget, you'll get two pie charts. You'll get the year-to-date budgeted pie chart, and you'll get the year-to-date actual pie chart. So you will know in a glance exactly where we are. Then below the two pie charts, you will get a a link that will take you to this document. Uh, which I couldn't fit the whole thing onto one spreadsheet, but it's basically all the line items in each one of the categories, those five categories you saw, so you will know exactly where our money goes. The categories will be bunched as a subtotal, and the primary reason for that is because the folks who do get stipends felt weird about putting that information out there on the website in such a public way but if you are part of Common Thread, if you are in the directory, there will be another link uh, underneath that where you can find out exactly uh, where, uh, what, uh, what the, each one of those lines means. Uh, it'll probably be a link to the treasurer. It might be a link to the board. We haven't had our board meeting yet to decide how that will go. So now I hope that the first few times you get this new financial report, you'll look at all the details on this sheet. But after you've seen a few of those, you're going to know exactly where the money goes. And from then on, everything you'll need to know will be on the two pie charts that show up at the beginning. Now, as I've been thinking about budget, this, has, this is something that has stood out. Our community is about 40% lower than the average American church's income. The average American church member gives about $2,500 a year. I rounded that down a little bit, so it works out to be about $208 a month. That's what the average American church member does. Our average member, though we don't have members, but anyone who makes it to the directory, gives about $1,500 a year or about $125 a month. Again, 40% lower than the average church. Now, some of us practice the tithe, give 10% of our income. I've done that since I was 17. So even though it's kind of weird, my paycheck comes from the church, I send back 10% every month. It's just a spiritual discipline. Also, we have a few large donors who give substantial gifts often at the end of the year. Consequently, a few of us give much more than the average, but many of us give nothing and put that together and our average turns out to be about 40% lower than the average American church. Now I know why, and I bet you know why too. (laughs) But I also think what we're doing is as important as the average American church. It's not because we're a poor church and it's not because we're poor people. It's because we have a cultural norm where we don't focus much on money together we don't harangue, we don't even raise money. Because church has fouled this conversation so badly with such bad behavior, trust in the institution of church is at an all-time low. Only 30% of Americans trust churches. And the two main things they don't trust about church, sex and money, and for very good reason. Church has broken trust on both counts. So for us, taken on this mission of rethinking and reimagining and rebuilding religion, our starting place has to be we don't have trust. And we have to rebuild it. So we don't poke the money wound. Instead, what we do is we run lean. And we have run lean since the beginning. Denise and I budget very well. Mostly Denise budgets very well. <laughs> Consequently, I don't think my kids ever knew that for years, we lived on a survival salary. Ten years ago, the board made a big change. As I said, I get a good salary. They made that change in my salary to make up for the startup years when I wasn't paid enough in order to uh, be funding my retirement. In three years, my retirement will be fully funded, so well done, board. You'll see that category in the report. It's called Make Up Retirement, and it's spread across several categories because that's where my time goes. So we took all of the time that the people spend, and we put it into which one of these categories. So that's what we have to do in a cultural moment like this. When the conversation about money has been fouled, we run lean. And we run lean so as to not poke the church money trust wound. We don't push, we don't browbeat, and that's not going to change. But we do have to reckon with how money will affect the things we said we want for our future. For all these years running the lab, I was in the middle of everything. All those things happened because I was in the middle of everything. And it has been so much fun. Uh, If I had gone into law, if I had become a professor, not even close to this much fun. I have loved rethinking and reimagining and learning and chasing life, only slightly below the joy that I get from my family. But time is time, and time keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And now what's best for our community is to keep these things and make a transition. My new role, mentor, advisor, coach, spiritual supporter, still important, you said in the survey, we have to navigate this transition well. So I do need to be closely involved in the running things part, maybe a few more years. Training, equipping, mentoring, assuring a good transition. But it's equally important that we support our emerging leaders. In the next few years, we need to fund the old leadership, me, that is eventually going to die, hopefully not soon. <laughs> but at the same time, fund the new leadership that's learning and emerging and will take us into our future. Which sounds like a lot, but two things. We don't have to do it all at once. We can do it in increments. We could do part of it in 2024 and we can do more of it later. But what we really need to do, we really need to become an average American church. But we have to do that with one hand tied behind our back. (laughs) And that is, we're not gonna harangue, and we're not gonna badger, and we're not gonna push, and we're not gonna browbeat. But if we were to support common thread at the level that the average American church supports, that would do, that would take us into our future. I believe, and I read your surveys, I think you believe too, what we are doing is as much value as the average American church. Maybe a little bit more. And that's what Sue is going to come and talk to us about. So Sue, come on up. You want to run the slides? You want me to? All right.
2: You heard Doug say average, right? Just in this one way. We are not average. <laughs> any other way. So, um, all right, Heather helped us to frame uh, this part of our community meeting by getting us to think in terms of what we're really doing um, when we pull our money together to get where it is that we want to go. And uh, donate doesn't really seem to be the word, because when you say you're going to donate money somewhere, it's typically to a cause that matters to us, but that we might not really be involved with. And her example was like the World Wildlife Fund. And we're not really being asked to contribute, because a contribution feels like something we give to a cause that matters to us and depends upon our contributions, but also that we might not be involved with. Uh, You know, if we don't contribute to WUNC radio, for instance, uh, they're going to be gone. But when it comes to common thread, I'm going to use the term we always use, which is investment. We invest in things that matter to us because of our participation in them and because of the love we have for those who participate with us. It's an in this together kind of proposition, which much more accurately speaks to what we are doing here. And investment also implies growth, and growth is where we are headed. So as Doug just noted, one of the things that isn't going to change is our operating from what I call an enough mentality. It's just that what was enough before isn't enough now, and it won't be enough going forward if we want to grow into what we say we want to grow into so our 2020, twenty our twenty twenty four budget goal um, got that yeah uh, we're all invited to give careful and thoughtful consideration to our own intention to invest this upcoming year and to think about how we can do this so that our investments are more in line with the average of other churches our size. And we're working this year with a slightly ambitious, but we believe, totally doable goal to increase our church community's income by 30%. So that's good to know, but what can we each do to make that happen? Three things, increase our investment, spread the word, and plan with us. So first, increasing our investments the survey results indicated a desire for us to be more financially stable, and this is our first step in this direction. Our hope is that you'll consider a roughly 30% increase in your household's normal giving patterns so that we, begin, we can begin to reach our new level of need for enough. And based on our numbers, as Doug said, this means moving from investing an average of $125 per month to $165 per month in 2024 or an extra $10 a week. Can you do this? Great. Can you commit to less than that? Cool. Can you not do this? Fine. (laughs) Whatever you can or can't do, we welcome it. Please do as much as you feel led to do and no more. But in a few weeks, we will invite you to share your investment plan with us. Because according to what we all indicated in the survey, accurate budgeting for future growth is a big priority for us. And it's just not possible to do it well if we don't know what everyone plans to do. Second, let's spread the word. You said it in the survey. There are people out there who are where we are. People who are deconstructing their religion, but also have a spiritual hunger for more and who don't know where to turn to reconstruct. And that's a huge slice of our society, a huge slice of Wake County. And we aren't going to spend our funds on advertising to find them. Just doesn't align with our values. But we can keep our eyes open and reach out to folks who we believe would truly thrive in our community. Maybe extend an invitation to something other than a Sunday service. A brew crew or maybe an Enneagram drop-in, an outdoorsy event or a book club. Anything that offers a chance to experience what it's like to be in community with the people of Common Thread. Because that's what does it, you know. And we know one of the most challenging parts of reaching out to others in our community is finding the language to convey who we are and what we're about. So we are working on language we can give you to help you talk to people. And for example, Jen just did this flyer, and we had it out during the Braver Angels book signing event this past week. And When people expressed curiosity about us, which they always do, it was so easy to just hand this to them. And I'll tell you, I think we have a handful of people who might check us out based on what they read, but also based on what they experienced here among a solid handful of our community members. Again, being among the folks in this community is a powerful experience. So... It's just one tool, it's our first one. There's a stack of flyers in the foyer. In fact, you can take a few with you today if you want. And just know we're working on more ways to help you speak about common thread to others. And third, I am going to bet that there are plenty of you who have really solid ideas about how to move into our future. And if you feel like you have the bandwidth to help next year, there'll be a link at the page on the last slide for you to indicate ways in which you can lend your skills and brilliance to developing effective outreach efforts and executing a long-term strategic plan. If we have a good number of folks willing to help ensure we have the kind of future that we hope for, no one person or group of people will feel burned out by this. And investing in the future is critically important, and also, we have a present that requires investment right now. As Doug says every week, there is good return when we invest in this spiritual community. And based on the survey results, I think you all agree with this. When we give our time, energy, love, and dollars, this community takes those resources, amplifies them, and gives them back to us in the form of an environment in which we grow, thrive, and transform. So thank you for your continued investments of dollars, time, energy, skills, brilliance, and love. And speaking of investments of time, energy, skills, brilliance, and love, one, brilliance, one last point. So many of the survey comments expressed concern for our upcoming transition or succession. Not necessarily a worried kind of concern, but just concern. Whatever we want to call it, transition, succession. Concern that we do it well, and at times a somewhat uneasy reference to a time that is after Doug. Well, I know you'll be shocked to know that as churches go, we're not doing this in a conventional way. As Doug said before, he's not going anywhere. We're simply on the verge of adding and shifting roles for the future. The way forward is only possible because of what has brought us here. And what has brought us here has been driven by our founding minister's ministry. All of the time, energy, skills, brilliance, and love which he has spent decades pouring out and which he plans to continue to pour into our lives until the day he dies. Doug is soon going to be able to lean even more fully into his own skills and brilliance for our community and beyond to be able to draw even more deeply from the well of divine love within him. And no doubt, we will all behold new unfoldings and discover new arisings as he does. It's a change, yes, and it's a staying the same. And so in dwelling divine, may we sink deeply into the gratitude that fills our hearts for this community, for all that has brought us to this place, for this present moment, and for the future we hope to leave to our grandchildren. May we grow together in love, living out our oneness through this common thread of love. Amen. So the QR code on this page will take you to a webpage where you can view more detailed community survey results, our 2024 one-year strategic plan, and a form to indicate your willingness to volunteer for our planning efforts next year. Uh, We'll be posting the links in the app and sending these out in an email as well. And uh, we're going to move into what are you thinking in a moment, but before we do that, I want to address the live stream folks and say, hi, friends. Uh, I didn't mention, none of us, we didn't mention this earlier, but we certainly got your comments in the community survey, and we're letting some things percolate, and we'll talk about all of that soon. And if you're watching online and you have yet to join this group, I invite you to do it. Uh, Some of the best people I know from places near and far get together to talk and build community every Sunday online. I think Scott is leading the group today. He and the others will make you feel super welcome and included, so please consider joining them at the link in the YouTube comments or on our webpage, and the code to get in is 1417. So, friends in the room, let's put our hands on our hearts as we dismiss the, li- the online folks and let us remember as we go that we are, every one of us, carriers of the indel- indwelling divine, which means we are carriers of love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, wisdom, the fruits of the Spirit are in us. And let's extend our other hand to our city. This week, let's look for opportunities to share what is in us with the people with whom we live, work, and go to school, looking for every opportunity to repair and heal our world. Amen. Live stream, bless you as you go. You are dismissed. And folks in the room, this community meeting was a lot.
0: If these recordings help you move forward on your spiritual journey, we hope you'll take an ownership stake in the community and support the health and well-being of the community. Go to our website, commonthreadchurch.org. The donate button is right there on the top. Thank you.